Red Grange joined us immediately after his last collegiate game against Ohio State. Yeah. And you say Shot City. Shot City. Shot City. Coming home again. Quick pitch to Walter. Looking for the record. Cuts back. He's got it. He's out of it at 25. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You know what they say, that money calling, that money on the phone. Forget it. Nobody's going to get them. Long gone. Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Today, we are just answering your questions. This is a fan question episode dedicated to the fans of our show um, because we appreciate you guys, and there's really – it's all speculation anyway, so we might as well answer your questions. Happy to announce we got a full house again. My guy, Duke, is back at that pod guy. Duke, you can go ahead and follow him. We also have Beat on 300, Brandon Suarez, and myself at Lucas Perfetti 46 of course, you could always go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. But, gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I, uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, definitely want to do a big shout-out to uh, the other Chicago teams right now. Um, the Bulls and Blackhawks have been on a nice little streak here. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, probably the Blackhawks a little bit more than the Bulls on the uh, success success. Uh, pendulum but you know it's just nice to see kind of uh all the chicago teams coming together you know we got spring training coming up with the Sox and the cubs too you know i don't just excited it's an exciting time for sports in chicago right now yeah they basically have like a three-pronged pvc pipe going from one one locker room to the other and they're just skull fucking people night in and night out both teams so shout out to them I was able to actually get out to uh, the Bucks game. I know I didn't get to go out there to see Duke, but I was able to get out to <laughs> I didn't to even a, process uh, what you said until right now, you fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but uh, it was good to get out to, like, a live sporting event. And I know it's still, like, half capacity and stuff like that. But I've been really busy with school and work and everything, podcasts, all that stuff. But we're here for the fans. The, the fans of the team, the podcasters of the team, we're here for you guys. We're ready to give you a good show and we're ready to answer your questions. Yeah. And just to uh, comment on Duke, you know, the Bulls just won fucking four out of five or five out of six, I think. And they're going to have their first winning month uh, guaranteed in February since 2017. So I know the black, I know you're more of a Blackhawks guy, but don't fucking shit on Zach Levine becoming an all-star. Right, dog? That video today made me like grown man tears. I'm not even lying. That video, that Zoom press conference, that was dope. Bro, I'm not. I'm not even shitting on the Bulls, man. I, mean, I know you're I, not. I'm fucking with you. I, I fucking I love both teams. I just I feel like I've just kind of been sucked in a little bit more by the Blackhawks lately. But I kind of feel like over the course of the season, I'm gonna go back and forth a little bit trying to check. I was in. gonna say too, Duke. You didn't acknowledge the fact that we're not friends until October, bro. Pitchers and pitchers and catchers reported. Cubs oh no, no, no. We're, 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 we're gonna wait. We're, we're gonna wait till the regular season starts. And by the way, man, I didn't forget about that little fucking bet we were supposed to set up last year. That shit's happening. <laughs> I lost so much money to my friends on the Cubs last year. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like me and you talked about last week, Lucas. It's what's next for this team. What the fuck are we gonna do? We, you know, which angle are we gonna go? Are we gonna continue to go on a uh, downward or a unilateral trend, or are we gonna finally figure it the fuck out? 
who knows? Yeah, and I think we should just preface the whole show with all of us feel like Matt Nagy, like, you know, this team ceiling has to do with Matt Nagy's bald head coming out of his anus. So, like, we all know it. It's the reality, but we're going to have to be as optimistic as possible until we see things come to fruition. And, I mean, that's that's really all it is, you know, because we're going to have a lot of questions about quarterbacks. A couple people actually inquired about Cairo Santos. So we have some good questions for you. Um, and not to digress, but I know you guys are talking about baseball. Baseball is not really my thing. But if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago White Sox had a bunch of like souvenir trucks parked in their lot or something like that. So if any, if that doesn't scream good sign, you know what I mean? You got half capacity at, at basketball games, which is like indoor whole different, you know, whole different scenario with your indoor and being close contact and all that stuff. Like being outside is supposed to be a hundred times better for decreasing the spread and things like that. So I think we're going to see some, some butts in the stands. And and from a bears perspective, if we can, you know, get to September, I think we might get closer to full capacity. So we'll just see kind of how things play out with that. But without further ado, let's get to these bears fan questions. Um, yeah, we got some good ones. I'm not going to lie. We're going to start off with our guy, Derek, at Derek underscore duh underscore bear. With so the fourth chair on this podcast, by the way. That's our guy. Literally. Yeah, he's been cheating on us a little bit, but that's fine. We'll we'll let that slide, Derek. Fucking wanker. Yeah, but um, <laughs> he asked, with so many positions in the team needing addressed and not having a lot of money to spend, Cairo Santos, as much as we love him, would you pay do- top dollar to keep him? Dan Bailey, for example, got paid after a great 2019 season was suddenly a bust in 2020 thoughts before I let Duke, before I let Duke start this off, don't forget. Um, we kind of did a similar thing with Cody Parkey and I am a little weary about giving big money to any kicker, unless it's like a Justin Tucker or someone that's been producing at an extremely high level for five years, but go ahead, Duke. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know I was going first cause I didn't get the hand signal from this Jag off, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of under the same impression, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about this yesterday as I was reading some of the fan questions that were coming through, which, you know, by the way, love the, uh, love the response to that. We always like answer for uh, questions for the fans. Um, I'm not in love with paying Cario Santos a ton of money right now, or really even giving him a long-term deal, like maybe a one to two year deal, maybe kind of do what we've been doing with Pat O'Donnell, you know, we're have the guy show up and prove it every year. Obviously kickers are at a premium right now, but I don't see teams being desperate enough to toss a ton of money at a guy in Cario Santos who one hasn't proved he can be consistently healthy. And two before this year has had kind of consistency issues, you know? So it's not something I'm kind of in a rush to dude. I love what Santos did. You know, he kind of made me eat shit after me complaining about him during week one. Um, and, you know, I just love fucking seeing that, you know, I'm obvious, and I'm seeing Twitter accounts that are Cario Santos appreciation clubs. You know what I mean? There's like six of those right now. Um, I love the guy. I want to see him in Chicago, but I don't want to see us go nuts. You know, you know, like you said, Derek, it is going to be a tight cap. I want to see that money spent spent elsewhere. I want to see money spent on both sides of the ball. I think uh, there's a lot of good players out there, um, especially veteran guys you can bring in that would probably pay play for play a little cheaper on this defense or on this offense. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not really ready to sell the farm for Curry Santos. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a good price point, but in the grand scheme of things, 
lowballing a guy that did nothing but his job to the highest level last year is just an ultimate fuck you and a scumbag move. You obviously can't unload the farm on a kicker, but there's no reason why you can't throw maybe three, $2.5 million at him. Like the guy was fucking money last year. Like probably scored the most points on the team. I'd have to look that up, but I'm pretty positive. He did. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I understand this is a touchdown league. And the reason why we've been losing the arms race is because we have to put Cairo Santos out there so much. You can't fault the guy for going out there and drilling all his fucking kicks. You just got to pay him. Yeah. I, yeah. I could, I, I could agree and I can't agree because I mean, fuck dude, we've obviously had our, if this is, this is one of the first years that kicker in a bad light, you know, wasn't a huge storyline throughout the entire year since really Robbie Gold's, you know, two years before his departure. Cause he kind of fell off that last year. Um, I just, I can't see there's so much and I, and I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the salary cap, but if it's not going up at all, or if it decreases slightly, like I, I don't see how you can work him in. Um, if he's willing to take a deal for like a million dollars, yeah, of course you throw it to him. But don't forget, you got Eddie Pinero that they kept saving on the practice squad who has his in- own injury issues, but he looked pretty promising two years ago and you're getting him for damn near nothing. You know what I mean? So if you're really talking about like priorities, it just, it to me, it, it seems a lot more like the Cody Parkey situation where it's like an unproven guy that's been back and forth with throughout his career um, coming in, having a really good season and then us paying him and, then being stuck, you know what I mean? And, and like what Bidon suggested, a $2.5 to $3 million deal, I don't think that's a horrible um, deal for him. But, I mean, I just don't see how it's in the cards. And that's crazy to say because we we have a ton of kickers that are missing kicks all throughout the NFL. Like, it's been rough. So, I just feel like with the lack of, you know, kickers, his price tag might be up. So, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to work out. Um, We'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't, bears can't stretch their cap for, for a kicker in my opinion. Um, and that's something that Marty Lavelle, Marty Lavelle also asked, but he's got a couple out there. So he was drilling us with some questions. Um, we're going to move to the second one. So next question we got from Cole Odell at FF Rook, assuming Lawrence Fields and Wilson are all gone by the time the bears pick, would it be preferable to go with someone like Trey Lance, go sign a QB and free agency like Jameis or to roll the dice on Mitch one more year. Oh, in that order, I'm taking Trey Lance for sure. I don't think he falls 20 whatsoever. If he does, I love everything about him as a prospect. I know he's kind of raw and Matt Nagy will probably fuck it up, but we kind of preface this whole show with Matt Nagy being a dildo. So um, I think double sided dildo. <laughs> no, but I really, I really like Trey Lance. I think he's like the exact body type of Josh Allen runs really strong. Um, seems like a really sturdy quarterback can lower his shoulder. If he needs to, he's got enough speed to break away. He's got a cannon for an arm. Obviously, like I said, he's raw. He's got to be, you know, redefined a little bit, but I love him. If not, I mean, I don't see anything even close to being an improvement over Mitch Trubisky. I think you got to run it back with Mitch if he wants to come. Uh, my thing with Trey Lance is I know that North Dakota State is an absolute fucking wagon and just, like, drags their nuts across everyone in FCS. But <laughs> dealing dealing with a high-pressure position such as quarterback and dealing with a quarterback coming from a smaller school – 
a guy that only played one game, a game that was literally put on for him to get a, you know, a little bit of film from this year. I would like to see him come in as, and he's not going to get the opportunity with the bears. So this is me just speaking on behalf of Trey Lance. I'd like to see him go to a team where he can go sit on the bench and grow from like a good vet for a year or two. I don't think Trey Lance gets the best out of his NFL career if he comes here. So with that being said, let's go Mitch. Mitchy Mitch. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I, a lot of people have tied Trey Lance with the Falcons. I think that's a great fit. They don't have to move on from Matt Ryan. They could let him pay out his, yeah. pay out his contract and you have a solid backup. Cause uh, if you bring Trey Lance in, he's not going to be, you know, they talk about college open. They talk about NFL open and college open. You could throw a bomb instead of a football and not a single defensive player is blowing up in the NFL. It's a little bit different. So we'll see how his pro day goes. I know stuff's still kind of early. Uh, but and, and Duke, I did uh, I did announce the Duke and Don mock draft last week on the show. If you listen, so we will have that coming out at the beginning of March or towards the end of March, I believe. So, yeah, and that's definitely uh, even if we weren't drafting a quarterback, that's definitely always the first place I started looking at all the quarterbacks in the draft. Um, really, with that list, you know, I'm with I'm with you two. Um, I don't think um, I don't think Trey Lance makes it to twenty and. Um, with kind of how trade valuations have been this off season, I think it's really an unpopular year to try to trade up. Cause I feel like everyone's just kind of ready to toss first round picks at a fucking whim. Um, I think if we were going to do that, I think it would be more of a splash, a splash trade. It would be a trade where we would actually give up a lot of capital. And I think if we did that, that wouldn't be for Trey Lance. It would be like, a, that would be more of trying for a Justin Fields or a Zach or um Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence. That's a tall fucking ass because obviously, um, bro, that art that article is already basically written. He's going first. There's nothing anybody can do about it. He's going it's starting first. to yeah, it's starting to remind me of the Cam Newton draft year because at first it was very clear he was going to be the number one overall pick, and everyone started like trying to find things wrong with him and trying to like deter Carolina from picking Cam Newton. But overall, you know, I, I've seen a couple articles talking about how. Um, Trevor Lawrence isn't as good of a prospect as people thought he was. And I'm just like, that's horseshit. That is on the, to- on the topic of Cam Newton. Fuck that kid, bro. And his dumb Ooh. ass, fake ass apology. Fuck oh, that kid. I, don't, I, I, I disagree. I, I want, I want to jump in before Lucas starts defending this kid. Now I also want to say, fuck that kid and fuck all other fuck kids. Them kids. Pro athletes. Like, bro, you're at his fucking camp. Like the camp that literally he snapped a finger and it happened because he has that much fuck you money. Like he is a fucking well, Heisman Trophy winner, um, NFL MVP. The boy played in the, played started in the Super Bowl. He lost the Super Bowl and he wasn't even close. Like one of the worst fucking winning quarterbacks in fucking Super Bowl history. Like Cam balled back in his day, and just because he's had a couple down years doesn't magically mean he can't fucking play. You know, I know this is going to make me sound like a fucking old head, but respect your fucking elders. Respect what the hell they accomplish. Um, your little five minutes of fame is going to cost you dramatically down the line. Yeah, I think um, that's why I'm not willing to pile on because the kid is clearly, I mean, yeah, of course he was being a jagoff. Like, but was he so terrible that he needed to get dragged by possibly every single one of his icons on a public forum by people with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers with hundreds of fucking, like thousands of retweets, like, 
Yeah, bro. That's bro, what you he's get. He's fucking 17 wake years up old. Call. Yeah, wake it's, up it's call. a wake up call. It's a little bit different when you have everyone in your school calling you a jag off versus the it's entire. Better that, it's better that than a punch in the face, though. The I'll entire internet. I'd rather get punched in the face than get dragged on social media <laughs> for fucking by every single major fucking athlete. <laughs> it didn't just go to football, it went to baseball. And don't get me wrong, like the kid was 100% in the wrong. He was a jag off. Is it the worst thing? any of us has done like i have to agree with max kellerman on one thing or i think i think it was max kellerman like this wouldn't even top be top 20 in the list of terrible shit i've done in my life like should he really be you fucking scumbag lucas wow I mean, now, <laughs> we might have to have an episode to just to go off the top 20 worst things we've all done in our lives beat on years <laughs> would years would top the charts no doubt about it and and the real i mean i'm just saying like Come on now. I, I get it. He was a jag off. Big time jag off. No doubt about it. He's also a, a really young kid that did something stupid. And yeah. we even saw and the he video. tweeted about it in hieroglyphics too, so that's even better. <laughs> we even yeah, and we even saw afterwards. Cam was like, Hey, you want attention? Like I'm gonna give it to you the right way. Like what's going on? You know what I mean? Like obviously the kid wanted some attention from cam he went about it the wrong way, but how many of us, you know, you really don't get that gauge or that meter on what you sh- what is going too far i was always that kid that pressed the line oh, and yeah. you know what i mean now i always said the line. now you know okay what's too far this kid learned in a very very dramatic fashion and me personally i'm not going to be keep throwing on the bit of how he's i mean he fucked up it's clear Our man's went two and two on the day too like the i team, mean he's on ain't even that good <laughs> i mean i don't know See, the way I'm with it is, like, I'm not really too bothered about all this that he's getting because I can almost guarantee 100% that Cam's going to reach out to this kid and actually help him moving forward, you know, because this kid is going to learn a lesson. Cam's going to prove that he's the bigger person. He's going to be like, hey, man, what do you need help with? What's going on with life? You know, like, anything you fucking need, I'll help you out, kid. Because Cam's that type of guy. And I feel like, you know, Cam will... Kim doesn't need to redeem himself to this kid at all, but I guarantee he will just by, you know, being a good president. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he feels bad. He didn't fucking, he's going to be fucking throwing him routes in like two weeks. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't know. uh, Cam didn't know he was going to be getting recorded and stuff like that. And all that was going to blow up. Like, you know, Cam didn't comment on it afterwards. It was all his peers, which I understand entirely. Like all these guys are like, yeah, respect your elders. I understand where both you guys are coming from. Like I said, kid for sure would have won Jag off of the week, but I mean, he's like 17 or 16, whatever he is. Like, you got every – like, it went to baseball. Like, millions of people. This is a different, this is a different level of, uh, of lesson that he learned. But I'm sure he's not going to do some shit like that again. That's for damn sure. So, I guess you got to learn t- the tough way sometimes. Um, but let's move on because – and that's another thing, too. Talking about – like, you know, Duke's talking about Cam. Cam always, for some reason, gets, like, some weird rap. And I will continue to say the only thing sh- – like – deterring about cam is his fucking wardrobe choice otherwise i've never heard a bad word about him and i guarantee and he did somewhat get the jj watt treatment i mean i heard when jj watt left or or decided that they were going to part ways they had a 30 minute clip of people from houston leaving messages to jj watt about how great he was and it was all like we love you man we understand your choice you did so much for us go get yourself a ring you deserve it you know what i mean And it's like not a lot of 
players leave on that, those types of terms with a fan base. And I'll even co- compare it to Stafford. Like a lot of people w- in Detroit were like, man, Stafford, you deserve an opportunity. You don't deserve another rebuild. And like, I think Cam is in that tier of player. I never heard a bad word about Cam. And I really don't like when I see it, you know what I mean? Cause other than him looking like little red riding hood in an interview, like it, he's got, and that's his choice. That That's his thing. He's a fashion icon in his eyes. So Let's move on, though. Um, I think we took enough time on on calling a little kid a jerk. Yeah, that um, shit wasn't even a question either. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and I was going to say at this point, I mean, sign Cam for a backup role. Uh, even as behind a, Mitch, I, Mitch, I think they're going to. I think they want him back in in uh, New England. To be honest, whether they draft a quarterback or not, I think they want to have him there for another year. I, everything I've heard is that he had a really positive impact on everyone in the organization. So I mean, like, like we said, Cam's, Cam's a great dude. This next question is from Pat Bodway. His tag is at Pat Bodway, B-O-D-W-A-Y. If losing Kyle Fuller is the necessary casualty to retain A-Rob, is it worth it? No, absolutely oh, not. No. Resounding fucking you no. get better. You get better on offense and get way worse on defense, or you stay the same on offense and get way worse on defense. I think... I think the tag and trade is the best move. The tag and trade and anything that you can get back is a plus. You'd ideally want like a second round or a third, a couple third rounders, maybe a draft pick and a player. Who knows? You know, I, especially at a skill position like that. I know most of the trades that we see are all big hauls on draft picks, but I'm a big fan of also getting proven, you know, players back in trades. I know they don't happen as often now. It's more like an NBA thing, but if we can get like a solid receiver in return and some draft capital all the way in on the Allen Robinson, but I just, I don't see him coming back long term. Yeah, no. And that's, that's the thing too. I, um, I personally believe that Kyle Fuller, he, people say he wouldn't be worth a first. I beg to differ. Um, I don't know if you'd be, he wouldn't be worth anything high in the first, but I think you could possibly get, you know, give up Kyle Fuller and a third and possibly get a first or something. He's like a number that. one corner on like 28 teams in the NFL. Well, and that's five teams at least. And, and that's the thing for me too. And he, he plays a different style. And I do think, I, I think it's two different questions. I don't want the bears to extend Allen Robinson or tag him. I think that you can get way more value um, in the draft at that position late. Like we've seen with Darnell Mooney and we've seen with, guys like Chase Claypool and AJ Brown and Debo Samuel. And the list goes on and on. There's always second round receivers. Um, it's hard to get a quarterback, a cornerback. And because of Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley's kind of play down the stretch, I do feel confident with the younger corners you have, and you can clear a bunch of money off the books, which the bears may need to do. But if they trade Kyle Fuller, I would expect them to use that money to sign a quarterback, um, along the lines of Dak Prescott or something like that, like a tag and trade and, and swap Dak for Allen Robinson, Dak and Allen, or I'm sorry, Allen Robinson and Kyle Fuller for Dak. Totally. Okay. With that. Totally. Okay. With that. Because I mean, the value for on a tag and trade makes him go down. And then especially on a receiver I, it, that you're not going to get much value out of Allen Robinson at this point that, you know, we talked about it last year in week two, when he started getting distraught, that was when you were going to get the most value for Allen Robinson. Now it's a, it's kind of a different ball game. So I think that's kind of, um, you know, I think that's kind of dead at this point. I, I don't think the bears, it, I wouldn't be really happy with their decision if they decided to extend Allen Robinson with everything they got going on with the salary cap and everything like that. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, I think a tag is far more realistic. Um, but I don't think that would I don't think that would include someone like Kyle Fuller. I think Kyle Fuller, you know, short of a damn good trade offer or anything like that, I feel like he will continue to be a Chicago Bear. Um, I'm assuming he'll actually be one of those guys up for a restructure to kind of uh, put a little bit of money aside, you know, make that happen, possibly even an extension that pushes money down the road, which obviously that's something we've been continuing to do. And um, with the cap situation kind of up in the air with the possibility that the cap could have a significant rise after next season, that could be deferred money down the road as well. Ryan Pace is going to work his fucking magic. That's what he does, you know. He's a guy who will have way more money than he probably should have accounted for in a season and still find a way to be under the cap. I don't think that's going to come with something like Kyle Fuller. I think Kyle Fuller is too important to this defense. He's been just one of the constants for years. Like, I mean, you got to remember, we drafted this guy, what, 2012? He's been on this defense the entire time. He's been on this defense from when we were bad all the way up to now. You know, he was in a, a huge part. And as Bidon said, he's just number one corner on 28 NFL teams. You know, I, I've always put him in kind of in that top five, you know, echelon. I just don't – I don't know. It's just the wrong guy to put there, I think. I just – I don't think uh, – getting rid of Kyle Fuller right now makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I have this one guy that every time I post about Eddie Jackson and this is going to relate, but every time I post about him, he says like, Oh, what about the supposed ball ball Hawks drop picks? I'm like, yeah. What about his two interception touchdowns that got taken off the board? Like you don't accidentally become a fucking all pro that doesn't happen. You have to truly be at the top of your game for years before that as well. You don't just like, it's not like a, as much as the NFL AP isn't supposed to be a popularity contest, there's a reason why Khalil Mack in a down season still gets an all pro bid. You know what I mean? Because he's been there, he's proven it. So all pro doesn't just mean you had one outstanding season. You kind of built up to that. You put yourself on the map. You were underrated for a while, only known by your team. And then you exploded. That's, that's my personal opinion on it. So I don't think, um, I, I think a corner is way more valuable than a wide receiver, to be honest, because a lot of wide receivers can come through, can't get a lot of guys to stop those wide receivers. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It's the hardest position in all of sports and I'll yeah. fight anyone on it. It is It's harder than goalie in hockey and soccer, bro. It's the hardest position in all of sports. You go, like we talked about, you know, you're going up against guys like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, like some of these guys that are just physical fucking specimens. And don't even get me started about like the Travis Kelsey's in the world. Like, yeah. And they're always at a size disadvantage. Very rarely are you going to see a corner that's, you know, anything over six, two, six, three, you know, very rarely. And if, if they are a bigger corner, they're usually not better. I don't know why it works out like that, but there's been a couple, there's there's been, usually there's been like Brandon, was it Brandon Browner? Uh, Antonio Cromartie was a huge fucking dude. I think Patrick yeah. Peterson's like six he, two. He fucked too, dude. Yeah, he's got oh. like seventeen kids. Are you talking about Cromartie? Yeah, no. Yeah, he <laughs> he fucks. I thought so. He's but got no. a fucking PVC pipe, dog. Yeah, and he. I mean, he was he was a stud for a long time. He was a one handed interception guy. Yeah, he was a beast. He was a very good player. Um, so per- personally, I wouldn't make that trade off. Um. Moving on to our next guy at Buzz on Tap. Obviously, this is a huge thing. We kind of highlighted on it with the, um, you know, with Trevor Lawrence that question. But do we draft a QB, sign a QB, trade for a QB? What the fuck do we do, Duke? I'll let you start this one off. 
So, I mean, if we're going to go personal preference here, um, I'm not really in love with drafting a quarterback at 20 just because I know all of our options are probably going to be gone at that point. And I feel like I've kind of made my point known that I don't want to give up a ton of future draft capital on this season just because I don't believe in that bald-headed fraud for a fucking second, especially to develop to develop a quarterback. Um, so I'm kind of out on the draft unless, you know, you grab a guy in the second or third or somebody fucking has an incredible drop in the first round, which I guess we've seen before, you know, so I guess it's not impossible, but – I don't know, man. I, I feel like, you know, if it was up to me, I would have fired Ryan or I would have fired fucking Matt Nagy and brought Mitch back, you know, no brainer on a two-year deal. And obviously there's kind of this idea that Mitch could possibly come back. You know, we've been seeing reports about it lately that, you know, both sides are kind of warming up to that idea. Um, I wouldn't hate that idea at all, but if both those options are kind of out the window, um, I wouldn't mind bringing in a guy like fucking James Winston. And I know that's probably going to raise eyebrows to anyone listening to this, but you know, I've had a lot of good talks with a couple different people about it. And I think James Winston is the ultimate guy to bring in for fucking Matt Nagy to show like if he's actually worth a damn, like James Winston comes in and throws 30 fucking touchdowns to 10 interceptions. It looks like a genius move. And the bears have set a quarterback for a while. Even if he he throws 30 touchdowns at all, like 30 at all. And if he, if he comes in, he throws 30 touchdowns and 35 interceptions, boom, we can fire fucking Matt Nagy finally. So I, I think he's the ultimate quarterback. He will either save Matt Nagy's job or get rid of him. And I don't know. I, I think an idea like that works a lot better for me than using a first-round pick on a quarterback and giving him a new fucking head coach next year. Yeah, and to play off of that, Duke, I mean, we talk about how this offense was so limited with um, – Mitchell Trubisky and how Matt Nagy wants to go deep. I'll tell you right now, Jameis Winston loves hucking the ball down the fucking field. So if there are opportunities to throw the ball down the field, Jameis Winston will do it. So we'll really put this whole high flying offense to the test with someone like Jameis Winston. I don't hate the idea at all. He comes a lot cheaper than a lot of these guys. And I too am kind of going through this off season with the future in mind because I don't believe in Matt Nagy, but Brandon, what, what are you thinking, buddy? So you guys are telling me you don't want us to pull Drew Brees out of retirement, give him one last tour. So for me, I, uh, I'm in the same camp as Duke. If there was a guy to bring in that we can probably bring in uh, and the bargain bin, a little dollar tree steal deal, it would be Jameis Winston. And I feel like the upside is still there. Like you, you look at a guy like Jameis Winston who won a Heisman, won a college national championship was playing, you know, he's played pretty decent football in the NFL. It's not like he's an absolute fucking bust. Like, the kid clearly has talent and needed to be fine-tuned. He did spend time with our guy, Drew Brees, who despite, you know, having a half an arm for this entire season in the last few years, definitely taught Jameis a lot this year. There's no way you're going to play under a guy like Drew Brees and not learn from him. The thing is, with drafting a quarterback – is you're essentially like you're either going to fire Matt Nagy after next year, which is going to set back their development. And then two, it's like, we can't trust Matt Nagy to develop a quarterback. So why give him another one? (laughs) Well, I think that would also put everything to rest. Like the same way that maybe someone like me who thinks Mitchell Trubisky got the short end of the stick. Like I'm a little disappointed not seeing him get to try it out in an offense that suits him. I think then 
Jeff Hughes of the world, because that's pretty much the only Matt Nagy fan, is going to be uh, upset if he doesn't personally get to see uh, Matt Nagy get to play it out with his quarterback of choice. So, I mean, I, I think it would bring a little bit of closure to the situation if the Bears drafted another quarterback and it didn't work out. And I mean, we've seen it happen a million times. We saw the Rams do it with Jeff Fisher going into Jared Goff. Like we we've seen it. The bears even did it with Mitch Trubisky and John Fox. And I'm not saying it's a formula for success, but I do think if you're a, if you, if you are moving forward with Ryan pace in the future and you're, you're going to let him get another, um, going to let him get another head coach, then I think you have to be somewhat aggressive. Um, me, to me, I think we're going to get someone's, scraps at the end of the day. I think we're going to get someone like a Mariota or an Alex Smith. If Washington decides to trade for someone, I think we'll get, you know, I think we're looking at that Teddy Bridgewater territory and that's why I'm kind of like, well, why not bring back Mitch? So to me, if we're actually going to improve or upgrade on this position, I think you either have to a hope to God that Dallas somehow fucks up this Dak Prescott situation. Um, they didn't put the franchise tag on him, but, but they also emphasized very strongly how they want him, uh, to be the quarterback of the future. I think the reality is they just said that because they're buying time. They need to figure out, are they drafting a quarterback at 10? Can they move up and get the guy that they want? I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Cause I mean, if you put a second franchise tag on Dak Prescott, you pretty much lost all leverage in whatever type of negotiations. He's more than willing to play for that one last year. I mean, who, who are the main names we've seen franchise tag two years back to back in the recent history? Kirk Cousins plays for a different team. Le'Veon Bell plays for a different team. It usually does not end well. If you feel like you have a franchise quarterback and you don't appreciate him and don't give him the deal that he feels like he deserves, my assumption would be he's a one-year rental at that point he's not going to want to play so they'd probably get into a tag and trade type situation um jerry jones has made some pretty deterring comments along the way like you know um i was essentially reserved with or um you know i had my doubts with dak and his long-term health because he's a mobile quarterback even though his leg kind of exploded on a rollout passing play and you know it, right now the the minimum standard for fucking athleticism in a quarterback is like honestly Derek Carr I don't even want to say Kirk Cousins and I'm not saying Derek Carr's unathletic but but it that's like the minimum standard like you have to be able to pick up a 10 yard first down on your legs you have to so yeah I, I think um I think Jerry Jones is bluffing with that but I also you know he's made comments like I'm not I'm not shy with a pen but then he signs Amari Cooper and um, Ezekiel Elliott to extensions for big fucking money, but doesn't take care of his quarterback and ends up letting him play on the franchise tag. It just seems like it's, I think there's a possibility. I think that the Cowboys would be stupid to let that go, but I think there's an absolute possibility he does. And at that point you, you do the tag and trade or whatever, possibly they just let him walk, which would be insane. Um, but I think at that point, that's when you kind of have to manipulate the salary cap and put yourself in a little bit of danger. But at the same time, they also have the draft capital then after that, you know what I mean? Like you're not, we we've kind of emphasized you need to either, either need to use draft capital or you need to use contract, like your salary cap. You can't do both and expect to build around a quarterback and have a sustained successful program. Um, and then my second option, realistically, the bears are at 20, do what you got to do to trade to 10 and get a guy like Trey Lance. I hate the idea of drafting the fifth quarterback off the board, like Mac Jones at 20, the last time there were five quarterbacks drafted in a NFL draft um, in the top 20, actually the only time it ever happened 
there were five quarterbacks selected. The fifth quarterback taken was Caleb Haney by the Chicago Bears. So if you're getting the fifth quarterback off the board, I mean, it could be Lamar Jackson, who's limited in his own right, but it also could be Caleb Haney. So I feel like... Wait, did you just say Caleb Haney was the first-round pick? He was number 12, I believe. No, he was not a first-round pick. No way. No, no, hold on. Who's the other Jagoff then? I'm sorry. I flubbed up. Um, How about Rex? No. Was it Rex? No. Kate? McNown? Had to have been Kate McNown, yeah. I believe, I'm sorry. It's Kate McNown. I believe it was Cade McDonald then. That's my fault. I'm a jag off. I'm thinking of quarterbacks with the, with the name Kate. Kate I was like, holy though. fuck, who the hell was Caleb Haney in college, bro? How big was his fucking hog? <laughs> Not very large, clearly. Hey, Caleb Haney, yeah, on the topic, on the topic of Caleb Haney, he gave us everything he got. There was no way when he got to the stadium that day, any scenario that played out. Cade McNown. How did I fuck that one up? That's terrible. Um, I'll eat the crow. On That's that, the right? NFL blitz days, bro. bro. I saw Caleb Payne get benched in person for Josh McCown, and I was so fucking happy. So it was Josh McCown's first fucking snap as a bear, too. It was amazing. The better of the two McCowns. McCown, McNown, whatever. There was a Luke, too, somewhere in there. There was also a quarterback. Career backup Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, right, who we got next? that pick was terrible. Um, and I just think realistically, I, I hate the idea of Mac Jones. I know someone put a, an article saying like, oh yeah, he's only, you know, a, a half of a millisecond slower than Jared Goff or someone like that. And I was like, yeah, he actually ran the exact same 40 time as Eli Manning. Not to say that that describes athleticism or ability to scramble, but I mean, really sign Mitch, resign Mitch and draft Ian book in the fifth round. Ew, that's gross. I was just fucking <laughs> waiting for it. That's I'm surprised he didn't bring it up when it came to the quarterback question. So before we get into our next question, I have a little message from Manscaped. Hey, fellows, we're in the thick of winter and the storms of Bruin. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs i just realized are they are they talking about the one to three inches you'll um that would be perceived to be extra if you do shave your bush is that what's happening here with that i didn't uh i didn't necessarily realize it but that's I, that's how i'm taking it now um at the end of the day manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming grooming experience offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com and type in the code on tap. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code on tap. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code on tap and get yourself fresh and ready to go. Okay. Dude, the one to three inches thing, it's a very real thing. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely added fucking meat on that one. Oh yeah, that's so. That's, I still say my favorite feature is the goddamn light. I feel like I, it's it's very strong light. It's like a fluorescent bulb. Bro, I can just straight up shower and pitch fucking black and not even nick myself. It's amazing. I could do it in the dark in the jacuzzi, like a savage, like last fancy. week, Lucas. Remember? <laughs> you just fucking swim around in them. 
I love that. Uh, I love our ad reads with them, though. We always got some funny stuff worked up, and the products are great, too. So it's a win-win in my the, eyes. The products really do um, speak for themselves. If you ever use Manscaped, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and that's not just part of the ad read. That's just my personal advice. For I fucking me. love my shirt, too, dude. My shirt's so awesome. Super no, soft shirt. <laughs> yeah. Straight up with the fucking blades, man. Like, it's it's honestly something you don't believe until you actually try it, but it do no nicks no cuts like there is no anxiety at all when you're using those fucking and, those and i will say my my shirt withstood me eating eight hot dogs and me actually physically expanding <laughs> my shirt so it's it's strong material too all right enough about your genitals gentlemen we're going to move on to the next question and this one's from ron loose at loose on tap we would love to know each panelist top free agent want i think i know where you're going to go with this be don I think he went to NIU, but is is it in fact Kenny Galladay? Can confirm. It's way better than Allen Robinson, I'll say that. But I've talked about this a little bit on the show earlier in the year. Um, just kinda I don't have any sources know that know Kenny Galladay, so I will put that out there. As connected as I am at NIU, Kenny Galladay is not one of those connections. But just from what I've been able to gather and read on the situation, it's the same thing as Stafford. It's like Kenny Galladay was a fucking winner at NIU. He won MAC championships. Like, he won a lot of football, a lot of football games, and he played on quality teams. I know we weren't great this last year, but for him to go to the Lions, they take a shot on him. He's the first-round draft pick, which my school has a handful of them. There's not many, okay? So to be one of the only ones, Jimmy Ward was another one as well, who's with the Niners, and to have the career that he's had already, if he's going to be – open like i i will i will give him a blank check i will give him the money that was supposed to get allocated to Allen robinson maybe 18 to 20 million dollars a year and we've talked about this as well he's a chicago kid he's from the greater chicagoland area played high school ball here played his college ball here why not throw the nfl i guarantee you he's got to be a bears fan um and you know i think gaudet can answer the question at wide receiver if we don't have Allen robinson captain with uh Captain with his his current team for years. Um, it was a situation where he played in all sixteen games last year. He didn't. He only started one of them. And somebody who I think could really help um, on the opposite side of Cleo Mack, and that's a guy in Ryan Kerrigan from Washington. Um, I really think he's a guy who um, he really benefits playing the run. He's a guy who um, he was a boilermaker. He actually uh, he leads big, uh, the Big Ten. Um, all-time in force fumbles. He's a guy who really likes going at the football. He's a guy who would play a lot better on first and second down than a guy in Robert Quinn, who I feel like unless we see giant, a giant leap bound from Robert Quinn, he's not a guy who's going to end up probably being here past this next season. Um, and I think he's a guy we get it cheap. I think he's, uh, I think he's good. At, he does a little bit of everything, man. He's been a very, very, very solid NFL player. He's stayed healthy. He's a very, you know, he's a big locker room guy. I think he's someone who would fit into this defense. He would be an absolute dog with all the rest of them. And a guy who on first and second down can still get the quarterback at a very high rate. I really like Ryan Kerrigan. Um, I really wouldn't mind seeing him in Chicago at all on a good deal. Um, so that's probably my biggest, uh, my biggest target. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Kerrigan and Cleo Mack, that would be absurd, to be honest. Just thinking about it, it would be um, – you'd, you'd have to try to find something to do with Robert Quinn. But I, I think just if we're talking about fantasy 
free agent wish list like that is a fucking knockout of the park. And I really like Galladay as well. I think he's a solid player and I think he's going to come at a cheaper price tag than someone like Allen Robinson. Um, I think he'll be closer to the Robbie Anderson type deal than the Amari Cooper type deal. That's just my opinion. But overall, if I'm and spitball me with me here, because I kind of got to, I got to connect the dots for you, but I like the idea of Brandon Sheriff. If for some reason, again, it's another guy that was franchise tagged last year has not been franchise tagged yet this year. You have a change in regime over in Washington. You don't know exactly how much they want to invest in an offensive guard. I know it sounds crazy with Mustafer and, you know, the interior looking pretty good and us needing tackles. But personally, I think if you go ahead and cut someone like Bobby Massey, who's probably going to get cut, you cut someone like Buster Scrine, you already have most of Brandon Sheriff's first year of his contract. Go ahead. And, and, and when you look at Charles Leno, the second Cody Whitehair stood next to him on the left side of the line, everything got better. I mean, like he only had, I think, cause I, you know, I was looking into the Trent Williams thing. Trent Williams had more penalties and let up the same amount of sacks as Charles Leno, I believe. And don't get me wrong. Trent Williams is left on an Island against elite pass rushers. And you can't do that with Charles Leno, but I think, you know, Olin Krutz, I believe, or Kyle Long went into it this off season talking about how Charles Leno is the type of player that if you give him help, he will be able to do his job. And he's paid like a middle of the pack tackle. There's still a little bit too much dead money on his contract. So I feel like you could go ahead and draft your right tackle or possibly your left tackle that you want to develop, you know, have him play right tackle for a year. You could deal with Leno. You don't have to eat all that cap. And then you have someone finally in Brandon Sheriff, who's been a perennial top three, top five run blocker. You know, I'm just sick and tired of seeing the bears get fucking bullied up front. I think all Chicago bears fans are, we're tired of not seeing a running game. Like it's just gotten to the point where I feel like we need a little bit of nasty. It's like we plead with guys like Olin Krutz and Kyle long because they brought that edge to the offensive line. You need a captain on your unit that brings like that. Just, we are going to control this game. Like it's up to us. We control this. And I think Brandon Sheriff brings that a hundred percent. You still have some depth with a guy like Mustafer. You get James Daniels coming back, actually have him play center. You have a fucking top tier interior with a new rookie tackle. And you got yourself Charles Leno, who I know a lot of people want to throw under the bus, but I don't think he's the biggest problem on the offensive line personally. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Brandon Sheriff would be a knockout of the park type signing. Ron's going to love that too. Ron's a big lineman guy. He loves some linemen. I mean, it's just, uh, aren't you guys sick of it? Aren't you sick of seeing the bears just get their shit rocked up front? Like anytime we play it's a, a man's game, game. It's a man's that's all game, it is. Bro. And it's just, it's like, we, we have a finesse offense and we can't run the ball whatsoever. It's just, I'm just sick of seeing us just getting our faces rubbed in the mud. And two of the biggest things I liked about Alex bars and Sam Mustafer were the fact that they had a little bit of that edge, but they don't, they're not Brandon Sheriff. You know what I mean? They're, they played honorably in their spots and stuff like that. And they, the biggest thing is they hustled and they made sure that they always took care of whoever was on the ground. Got to respect Sam Musfer and Alex Bars for that. Shout out to your shout out to, you know, Irish on tap and those, uh, those Notre Dame boys. But I mean, I just think Brandon Sheriff would be such an upgrade and he would make instantly make us a better running team. I, you know, there's more three, than- there's three hogs coming out this year too, that are all great linemen as well. That, Okay. I'm not saying, but if they're available late, it's not, you know, you Liam, know what you're going to get. Liam, Liam fucking Eckenberg, dude, bring him to Chicago. I will fuck, I'm all for it. And he's, I pretty, think, he's projected for the second round. And I yeah, think he's I was one of the say, best tackles in the league. 
There's Tommy Kramer, Liam Meikenberg, and Aaron Banks, and all of them will be off the board before the fourth round starts. I promise you that. And we actually have a tight end that's coming out, not to make this another name minute, but there's a tight end that's coming out who's a little, I guess you would say raw, uh, because the tight end that we have now, who is our freshman tight end, Michael Meyer, just kind of took over that role that Cole Komet left. But this kid's name is Tommy Tremble. It's like an H-back, fullback, tight end type of deal, a little combo guy. Absolute fucking bruiser. Just make sure not... you don't tell fucking Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace about it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was just—I know we're not in the market for a tight end, <laughs> but I know you guys love a good fashion, good old-fashioned football guy. This guy could have played in like the fifties. Like he doesn't need the ball; he still finds a way to get involved every play. That's dope. That's that's actually awesome to hear. Um, got running down to our last couple. We have DJ JSA. Okay, DJ Jasa at Jasa3. Do you think they have, meaning the Bears, have a chance to be competitive next season? I mean, I, I think we see a very competitive roster that's just misguided every single year with Matt Nagy. I think that's the reality of it. And the people that want to give Ryan Pace a lot of shit, sure, he hired Matt Nagy and, you know, might have had John Fox in the building when he was here and drafted Mitch, whatever you want to say. But this roster, the reason why we're all so disappointed is because they're underachieving. Whereas someone, you know, we were talking about the Bulls and the Blackhawks earlier. Both teams had no expectations. They're both overachieving. They're both playing better than we anticipated, whereas the Bear, Bears play worse than we anticipate. So I think this roster is more than, uh, and with the addition of Sean Desai, I think our defense is back. Like I'm pretty convinced at this point. So I, I think they have a very good shot at being competitive, but will, will the bald man let him be? I think you brought up the perfect point, you know, with Sean Desai stepping in and with our defense, the way it's been over the last three or four years, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get tough defensive games. We're going to get low scoring games and the offense is going to have to hold their fucking weight and do their part. And again, like you said, Lucas, you couldn't have put it any better falls on the bald guy. You know, we know what we're going to get with this defense. We know the defense is going to keep us in a few games that we should have no business being in. We have to execute. We have to, you know, convert and continue to move the ball down the field, regardless of, you know, I got to go with this might be down in Montepia. It's not, it's not the Jimmy's and Joe's. It's the X's and O's, bro. You got to figure it the fuck out. Fucking kill me with that shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put me on a fucking t-shirt jimmy and joe baby uh so yeah i don't know i just i think it's way too fucking early in the off season to be totally honest with you i think it's very this, true this off season going so many different directions and it's gonna i think if you ask me post draft i'll probably have a way better answer for you but the way i see it right now locker room wise with uh that bald fraud is that it's gonna have a lot to do with the locker room it's gonna have i think this team bringing it back essentially as it was last year, obviously our floor should be eight and eight because that's what we just, you know, put in. We just put in two eight and eight seasons in a row. So it's hard to really think uh, it could go any lower than that, but that really depends on the culture in the locker room. Will this team continue to buy into Matt Aggie if next season starts going the same way as the previous two, you know, is it going to hit a point where these players are going to be like, yeah, Matt, we like you. You're, you're a decent guy and all that, but, it ain't fucking working anymore, dog, you know, because it hits that point. You know, I feel like we've all played for a coach, you know, we've all known of coaches at some one point or another where it's like, do we really like you? 
but it just you're not fucking helping us at all you know what i mean like you make it you make an awesome gatorade but bro we need to fucking eat yeah and- bro i was in the huddle yelling at my coaches at like fucking seven years old i was the biggest jag off well luckily well, for you cam newton wasn't filming it and fucking get you weren't getting dragged by every fucking major athlete on twitter yo, i was a 99 overall until i got introduced to fast food and then everything was downhill from there also if you didn't know from b don's db or cornerback rant b don played db so that's a big part of why um, a DB linebacker guy, but it was a lot tougher when I played. And I played, a, I played, a, I played DB in arena, bro. That's really where you grow some hair on your nuts, and then you, you, you know, you hit up Manscape, use the promo code on tap, shave it off. <laughs> Perfect, great transition, be done. Um, yeah, I mean, people want to think like, oh, it's can't get worse than Mitchell Trubisky. We saw it get way fucking worse without him. So we could for sure take a step backward in the quarterback position department as much as people don't want to admit that because they want to say oh Mitchell Trubisky can't make full field reads yeah same with half the fucking quarterbacks in their for in their rookie contract but I just think you can go down and it can get worse so I guess it all depends on who they get at quarterback yeah we'll and the see. people that the people that say that Mitch can't read a defense like we know your ass when it was popcorn reading time was like oh you're just stuttering words out and shit like leave them alone <laughs> pop popcorn reading you really just went back to fucking fifth grade no I I just think the um I mean I, I just think the reality is where we might be singing that song don't it all seem to go but you don't know what you got till it's gone paved paradise and put up a parking lot you know what i mean i think we might i I for sure have a highlight video of mitch trubisky mitchy's got a hug yeah exactly (laughs) so i think um i think we might reap what we sow this offseason we'll see we'll see i think it all depends on who is playing quarterback and what they give up for that quarterback to determine really how competitive we're going to be this season um but marty lavelle i gotta give you an award if we have an award Definitely the best question of the week. Um, he's his tag is at Marty L A H V E L L E. Mary fuck kill. Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, Matt Nagy. B Don, you start, brother. All right, Mary fuck kill. Um, I'll probably marry Ryan Pace just because. He's not on the list, but that's who I would have picked. Or wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Run the list back. Run the list. Ted back. Phillips, George McCaskey, Matt Nagy. Okay, okay, okay. Fuck. Even more fuck. That, that's damn. That's, that's such a terrible question, right? Um, it's so fucking bad. Uh, kill Matt Nagy right okay. off the rip. Just blow his shit back. Uh, marry George McCaskey because he's got money. And then... Ted Phillips because he'll probably take me out to a nice dinner with like an all meat spread and we'll be good to go. Just that's hit it, just that's hit it, what, just hit it and quit it for the you, fucking Marty, dude. Jesus <laughs> Christ, bro. That's, that's such a fun. I was not ready for that at all. No, it's one of the best things I've fucking seen. I honestly got to commend him for this question. I, it made me chuckle. And now there's just a sound bite out there that says that I, I would like to fuck Ryan Pace. So there you go. that's fucking <laughs> excellent. That's dope. Like. Well, I mean, dude, I you've seen this picture from college. I mean, very, very broad fucking shoulders on that Ryan Pace. If you were able to conceive a child, it would be a D1 athlete, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, man, I think I would have to fucking. I'm with beat on here, dude. I kill Matt Nagy. That's not that's a no fucking brainer. Like I, 
that bald fraud is getting thrown off a fucking cliff. Um, I guess I'd marry George for the money, you know, and I wouldn't have to have sex with him, you know, it would, cause you know, who has sex in marriage? It'd just be one of those things where we'd kind of grunt at each other at the dinner table and go our separate ways. And then, uh, you know, Ted Phillips, man, I feel like I'd just, uh, I, I'd bite the bullet for the one night, you know, bite off that fucking salami loincloth and uh, put my meat on the table. Just fullback city. Um, you're getting the fucking Wagyu steak. You're going to like Rio. What was it? Tex de Brazil. Oh, man. This is such a terrible <laughs> list. Swiss house so fast. Bowling. Yeah. What, where, what are we, where are we at with you, Luke? All right. Who you got? Other than my internet connection being unstable, which I hope doesn't affect this show too much. Um, we got Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. I'm going to do marry George McCaskey, but not for the money, more for the fact that he's so damn clueless that you probably wouldn't have to, and I'm not saying I wouldn't be faithful, but with George McCaskey, there's no doubt I'd cheat on him, and I feel like he wouldn't really catch on, plus I'd be able to cash out, because he's just that much of an airhead. Um, I would actually fuck Matt Nagy, and it would be hate fucking, like just absolute (laughs) (laughs) just an absolute hate fucking and then um Just smacking that fucking bald head yeah if i can <laughs> if i can even go if i could even go further i would kill ted phillips but let's do this clue style i it would actually be done behind the deli counter with a log of cabacola and um yeah it would be a suffocation type death so that's that's where i would go with that um realistically in my opinion ted phillips is the root of the problem uh he's got good old as as our boy Schlag Daddy would call it, Bean Counting Ted and Goofy George. He's got good old Goofy George wrapped around his finger. Um, and I think that's a big reason on why we make these terrible things. So I think if Ted Phillips retires, which I wouldn't, obviously this is uh, satirical, but if he retires, then I think things start looking up for the Chicago Bears very quickly. So yeah, that's my Mary Fuck Kill list. At least we all marry George. At least we all don't hate George the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I always just kind of give George the benefit of the doubt that he's trying. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't fucking give the other two any benefit. Meet on. They're, all, they're all jag-offs to me, bro. And yeah, we're, no. We're fucked. To go back to the question oh, yeah, that we had two fucked. before, yeah, we're, we're fucked. We got the three stooges running the fucking show, and then the guy that owns the whole team's not even a football guy. Like, what the fuck? There are billionaires out there. That know more about football and would like to, but will never sell. They will hold the fucking line until the stock is completely gone. Well, I mean, like even apply it to someone like Jerry Jones. He's clearly getting of, in the way. He's out of his mind. He gets in the way, but yeah. at least he's like, you know, you you see some of the drafts they've had. He is very hands-on. Like the guy knows what he's doing somewhat, but he always seems to like just botch he's it. He's a big make it about me guy. That's, I think yeah. that's the biggest problem, <laughs> but at least he knows, like, at um, least when you watched him talking about Dak Prescott, he was like, yeah, we're taking that kid. Like, I'm into more game. of like a guy like Mark Cuban. Like, I like a guy like Mark Cuban, obviously he'll never be the owner of the Bears, but I want someone more progressive and more, like you said, hands-on and, and, and in with the times. Like Someone that's smart enough to know that they don't know everything, so they're willing to ask people and learn yeah. more about the actual subject. Itself. That's the worst part about being in the NFL for these guys is they all want to think that they're the smartest man in the room. And any profession, there's no, there's no problem with asking for help. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, George isn't pretending to be a football guy. He just has, he just is pretending the wrong people are football guys. He's just pretending to not be a Jaguar. But a non football guy can't, shouldn't, like, as a football guy, I can spot a non football guy from a mile away. So why, as a non football guy, would we expect his judgment on football guys to be correct? Yeah. Right? I'm, no, I, not I mean, a football you, guy. No, if you needed a deli sampler, Ted Phillips is your guy. If you need yeah. to pick a quarterback, Ted Phillips is clearly not your guy. Um, but Ted that, Phillips is like, shit, we went eight and eight again. We'll just run it back next year. <laughs> Fuck it. I got enough prosciutto to last me till next year. I got two logs in my shanty downstairs. A little, a little prosciutto pear pizza. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. I think that about does it for tonight. Um, we are Bears on Tap. Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow On Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can go ahead and follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. And I'm also joined alongside by my guys, Beat on 300, Brandon Suarez, and Duke Coughlin at that pod guy, Duke. Thank you guys very much. I hope we answered all of your questions and bear down. Bear down. Bear down.